0: This is
1: the Dos Cerro Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a Pocho, Regio, Cholo, Tigre, Chilango, Pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the Dos Acero Podcast.
2: Hey, what's up everybody? This is Albert Kampa here for the Dos Acero Podcast, broadcasting live on YouTube Brought to you by SoccerChronicle.com. Check us out. I'm uh, I'm here solo today. We had uh, John and Fernando here earlier, but they are a little bit occupied. John is uh, doing some work for uh, official business for uh, his work with uh, Copa America. And then Fernando's over at the Ecuador-Peru game, enjoying uh, quite a good game. It's currently... Uh, two to one Peru is up. Uh, Ecuador just scored a pretty nice goal uh to to get within one with uh forty one in the forty-one we're at forty-one minute right mark right now. Uh so uh we might have some people join. We might have Dan join. Uh and then John and Fernando might come on later. We'll see. But uh so you got me here rambling for the next few uh, minutes to see how the show goes uh, I have an announcement as I made on uh, Twitter uh, on the del Acero Twitter account uh, If you are a listener and have an opinion or uh, something you wanna uh, announce or on the or uh, talk about uh, let me know through the Twitter account or through my own. Twitter account, Beto underscore ATX. And uh, given the opportunity for one of you guys, if you'd like to come on to uh, to the show here, you know, anytime right now, live, I'll give you some information on how to connect and send you an invite. It's through Google Plus or Google, your Google account. So if you have a Gmail account uh, and you have Google Plus and you have the plugin for uh, Google Hangouts, I can send you a invite and you can be on the show, and we can talk some football. So, uh, I will connect here to the live broadcast and see if anyone's on the chat. Um, So, I guess we we can begin talking about Mexico, since this is a Mexican football podcast. Let's talk about the... First game from Mexico, which happened there in Group C. They played Ur- Ur- Uruguay on uh, on five G. So uh, that was a pretty good game. They, uh, of course, Mexico got the three one win. Uh, it was a pretty interesting game, pretty pretty entertaining. The first uh, the first goal came off of an own goal by uh, Pereira. Uh it was pretty good pretty good pass, pretty good cut uh in for the goal I thought actually it, it actually looked like uh I believe it was Herrera who was in there for the header um, but it was indeed a known goal. Um so that that helped uh Mexico out starting the game. Then uh Rafa Marquez scored later on after Uruguay scored to tie it up. Godin is you know just a beast with his head and in the, in the middle, um, he tied it up, um, Mexico's, Mexico's looking good. So they were, uh, they were definitely, you know, challenging and doing a good job in the game. But, uh, uh, your was able to, to get back in it, uh, until Marcus scored the the goal to go two one in the uh, 85th minute. And that's when, uh, some controversy occurred. I see Pern is on. Oh, he just left. So uh, Marcus scored that goal and was able to uh, to give Mexico the lead. The issue with that goal is it, it went in as a cross, sort of uh, deflected off Marcus. And I was looking very hard at the replay. Apparently, I think the Uruguayan said that it had flicked off his hand, off his foot, and then hit Marcus in the hand and then went um, off to the right, and uh, and it was kicked back in by a Mexican player. I don't know who exactly it was, and deflected right onto Marcus for a pretty good shot on goal, and he scored. Uh, after he scored, uh, the Uruguayans went. I, I saw one specifically immediately um, called for a handball, ran to the sideline ref, apparently in the news report, uh It was said that, and this is just salting this on behalf of the Uruguayan players and even the the coach and federation I believe uh they said the sideline ref made a uh obscene gesture, grabbed himself basically in front uh to the players, and they got all upset and just started going crazy uh so it was. It was. There was some controversy. The Univision broadcasters didn't know what they were complaining about. What the issue was, they were trying to find out on the replay and couldn't find out. There's an audio clip also for some Uruguayan announcers that were calling the game, and it was posted on YouTube. And it was interesting because they, you could you could just see the saltiness as Mexico scored their goals. They're quiet. Uh, they, they even were like using foul language and. And I don't know how legit this broadcast was if it was just like a Uruguay and uh radio broadcast or if it was like official um T V channel. But uh it was it was weird seeing them talk the way they were talking and um just complaining about how Mexico was playing and things like that. So uh check out that uh youtube video it's pretty interesting so uh then of course uh mexico was with the lead on um, at the 85th minute and then Madrid scored a legit goal in the 92nd to to finalize the game 3-1 i thought it was a pretty good game um i've i've I felt that um, Rafa Marquez was, uh, was uh, you know, being an older guy and then hit him scoring the goal. You hear a lot of things about him being um, actually legit and ready to go to the World Cup. Uh, I didn't specifically watch the game to see how much of a weakness or how... Uh, beneficial his play was um i've always been as skeptical of him now that he is old and and a lot slower um he was in the back line and i didn't really see him as a weakness in this game i think he might have had help uh sufficient help to where he wasn't really challenged and he was the tactics might have been set up to where he didn't really expose his uh slowness or his age during the game um Diego Reyes was playing Contencion, so he was up top. Um, I didn't really see him contributing too much in the passing arena uh, like Rafa Marquez would do. I've always thought that Diego Reyes should be in back and Rafa Marquez would be in his uh, Contencion position to provide those passes and those outlets to the wings or even, you know, he's got great accuracy in his passes, long passes to where he could be quite beneficial. But they, Osorio put him in the back, and uh and it worked out. It seemed it seems they seemed stable. Uh possession was good. The uh, the goal of course came and then you hear all these praises for for Marcus. I'm still not convinced. Um we'll have to see how he continues to play. Um if he gets exposed, which I think with a speedy team he very well could get exposed. Uh I don't think necessarily uh uh Uruguay was the speediest of teams. Uh, so, so we'll have to see how he goes with uh, Jamaica. Jamaica does have, you know, some some athleticism, of course, and some some speed. So we'll have to see how he does, and how Mexico lines up against them. Uh, speaking of convincing, uh, as you've probably heard, Ronnie and and others, well, pretty much Ronnie and myself, have been maybe Joel have been sort of skeptical of. Uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, as a coach, um, his 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 logros so far have been. I guess people are starting to say they're 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 really good. He's it's, they've got quite a win streak now. Uh, not that any of the teams have been really great. I guess we could say the Honduras game was uh, one of the challenges that we thought, okay, yeah, this could be a, a good um, game, and he could prove a lot. But uh, the Honduras team, I think, is was very much lacking as compared to previous years. So that didn't really convince. This Uruguayan team, uh, it was the best, the biggest challenge for Mexico so far in the Osorio era. So I think he is convincing more with this win than with any other. And he's slowly gaining people's um, praise and people's admiration as a coach for Mexico during this uh, era. And it reflected, I think in this press conference today, because I, I, I believe a question was asked and he, he said his biggest, um, his biggest uh, goal that he's obtained uh, as national coach so far has been to gain the trust of the players and, uh, and admiration of the players. they, I believe one of the players mentioned that they try to learn as much as they can from him as a coach in every practice. So um, he's definitely got the support of the players just like Herrera uh, did in, in, uh, in the previous era with uh, with him as coach. So the skepti- uh, skepticals of Juan Carlos Osorio are sort of fading maybe. It'll be a question for Ronnie to ask that what he thinks of Osorio now that he's gone on this run. Uh, I'm still a little bit skeptical. I think Ronnie said previously that he would um, he would he wants Osorio to win the, goal, the Copa America first, and then he'll be uh, trusting of his hey. We got some uh, of his tenure as a coach. We got some uh, panels here, John and Fernando. What's going on? You guys on? You guys have what's, what's going on,
1: Albert? Yeah, I just uh, finished my work. You've got me for about half an hour or so. So okay, cool. Sorry, guys, are you are you moving the goalposts again on uh, on Osorio?
2: No, I still I still got my. Well, I didn't really play goalposts. I know Ronnie had his goalpost win in the Copa America. Um, but I think he's this one this Uruguayan win was uh, definitely something that it was something to be. Uh, to be praised for so although they didn't have Suarez so that that could be something.
1: Well I mean there's no doubt that having the not having Suarez, you know, who this year has I don't think anybody can can deny the fact that he was probably the, the best striker on the planet this year. With what he was able to accomplish with Barcelona with a team like that. So it was, it was huge. I mean, he's one of the you know, three or four best players in the world, so obviously it helped that Mexico didn't have to face him. But you know what? Those are the breaks in the tournament. I mean, you know, Mexico can only play the team that's in front of them. And if it turned out that Suarez wasn't there, then that's really, you know, you know I don't think Mexico would have minded it either way, but obviously, you know, they're not going to go, well, you know, we're going to put an asterisk next to this game because Suarez didn't play, and that's why, and that's why Mexico won. Now, I do think it's hilarious, and maybe you touched on this already, Chiquis, that the Uruguayan officials were complaining about, about Mexican home field advantage <laughs> when, you know, for, for 20 years, Mexico playing in South America, and whether it's in the Copa Libertadores or Copa America, has, has had to deal with the exact opposite. So to uh, finally give them a little, you know, uh, sopa su propia chocolate, I thought was fantastic.
2: Yeah, I w- haven't got to that, but yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I was.
1: I just gotta say that
3: uh, Arevalo Lornios did so bad in the Uruguay versus Mexico match. And he got traded to Chiapas. <laughs> uh, totally, re- t- totally. Uh, he definitely earned that downgrade. He's not gonna get paid anymore. <laughs> I think that team is. There's a chance that they might not even play next season.
1: Yeah, well I've heard that they're probably gonna go to San Luis or to Irapuato or somewhere. Yeah. But but the yeah, governor that, wants to make sure that the team can stay in Chiapas, which it should, I mean, yeah. You
0: know,
1: it's I, not like they've had relegation
2: Chiapas issues. The, Chiapas has that uh that guy that that uh or that I don't know if it's like a flute or something, that music that always goes on in the background. That unique like little tune that they have, the flute. I don't know what instrument it is.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking
2: about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, they were playing in Chiapas. That's,
1: that's the Pipa chapaneca is what
2: it is. Oh, the Pipa. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's, I, that's just the saltiness of the Uruguayans. I mean, they were, uh, they can't stand Mexico beating them.
1: And, 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 and not the way it happened. And, and frankly, if, uh, if Raul would have had, I mean, I know that he wasn't trying to rub it in. He, was, you know, he could have really, you know, lashed out with his foot. But, I mean, that could have been 4-1 there at the end, and uh, I don't think anybody would have complained. <laughs> it was a good game for Mexico, though. It's uh, it, it's going to be hard for them to keep up that kind of intensity against Jamaica. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if if, if the coach made some pretty significant changes in the lineup because I, ju- I just don't think that after playing such a – what I would consider uh, an emotionally – have a, a, just a – uh, a game where, where they everything was exhausted, whether it was the their, their physical, you know, the, the fatigue, you know, whatever it was, you know, your, your head, your body. I mean, Mexico and Uruguay went toe to toe for the better of, you know, 80, 85 minutes and just played a terrific game, I thought. You know, Uruguay gave Mexico all they could handle. And, and, and Mexico gave it right back to them. It was as good a game as I'd seen Mexico play in, in, in a while, probably the best game. For sure, since the Croatia game. There's no question about that. And in that game, I always thought it was the best game Mexico played in 30 years. So.
2: Yeah, and I, I was saying earlier that uh, Rafa Marquez was on the back line, and I didn't really see him as a weakness defensively, which was su- sort of surprising for me.
1: Well, I think that the fact that, uh, you know, Rafa doesn't have Hector Moreno or Néstor Araujo flanking him in Atlas. So, yeah, he was exposed very badly, there's no question. But, you know, Mexico has good defenders. I mean, I think Néstor Arauco probably had the match of his life. I mean, he played really well. He's a really good defender. I'm glad to see that he's getting the recognition he deserves because, you know, he's he's a young guy too. I mean, he's going to be in his mid-20s. So he should be able to play there for the next seven or eight years and just be one of those guys. And, frankly, I'd rather have him. I mean, I don't see him as a massa type at all. He's just a solid player, you
0: know.
2: Yeah, he's got the beard too. One thing, uh, one thing I want to say though, on the uh, during during the game, that uh, Guardado, it was weird because I guess the Uruguayans were complaining so much and whining that they forced the ref to put to give Guardado the red card. That wasn't even a. Yeah,
1: I'm not even sure what what Guardado was red carded for.
2: It was sort of like a. Oh uh, yeah, look,
1: I guess the second yellow.
2: Yeah, it was a second yellow. It was like a shoulder-to-shoulder, shoulder and he might have, like, went hip-to-hip hip or leg-to-leg leg and, and got a trip. It was a but, foul, I think, definitely. Well, it was
1: a foul, but it's certainly not a yellow card.
2: I'm yeah, sure. it wasn't a yellow, but once he... That yellow
3: card him. was some vaginosis uh, treatment
0: for the right? <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, it was, but they just went weird. off on the ref. They started complaining like crazy, and I don't think he was pulling it out, but once they started going crazy, um, he pulled it out, man, so...
1: Yeah, I didn't quite understand that call, to be honest. Well, for now that you were there, tell tell us what happened.
3: Well, I'll tell you guys that winning and bitching, whining and bitching does take you places sometimes, but it doesn't get the job done.
1: Okay, now the, tell us now tell us what
0: happened.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, Guardado followed the player. The ref, the ref was like, okay. The wine players were like, what the hell? And people were complaining and going, whoa. Therefore, they, uh, you know, the, the ref decided to do the guy
2: you second yellow card every time. Yeah, it was it was just a, it was just contact. It wasn't like a a slide tackle or a trip or anything like that. It was just leg contact, running side by side. Pretty much it.
1: Well, I mean, like I said, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I have to admit the uh, well, I have Uruguay here tomorrow. I'm in Philadelphia, and that'll be my third game, which is Uruguay-Venezuela, and it's it's frankly do or die for them. And you know, for Venezuela, this is a, uh, I mean, they, they can't get a better opportunity than than this to, you know, to maybe knock out a team like Uruguay and, and really kind of give them the the credibility or and the confidence they need to maybe make because they've never even made a World Cup. So then, like I said, this could be just a really, really big game for them.
2: So, yeah, that would be that would be totally awesome if they eliminated them.
3: That would be amazing. They deserve that, man.
2: We'd hear even more whining and complaining from those guys.
1: Well, you know what's so amazing about Uruguay is—is is it? You know, Uruguay to me is one of those teams that if they just decided to just play, and not go into like you guys said, the whining and complaining, and not do the. You know, what I would consider, you know, for many years, they were the most cynical team, uh, at least national team, played. They just they never attacked. Maybe they would go on counterattack, but, man, they sure just loved to just beat the hell out of you. So they were really violent and dirty and uh, just just did you, not. Did you guys
3: see what Luis Suarez did at the warm-up on that game? And
1: no, what did he do? Some players sent
3: him a bad pass, so he just, like, barely trapped it, and then he kicked it really far straight at one of his own players in the warm-up. It's hilarious. It was, obviously, he was pissed. They stopped
0: uh, warming up after that. <laughs> it was wow. just a
1: little up. Well, I anyway, know. I mean, it just but, but, when they, but when they actually decide to play soccer, they play really well. I mean, it just, it, it's like one of those it's – like, it's like when you see a comic actor, like like Tom Hanks or whatever it is, and, like, and they don't make comedies anymore. It's like, dude, you're so funny. Why did you quit making those movies? You know, that's kind of how I feel about Uruguay. It's like, why did you guys decide to stop – Playing because when you play, you, you can play beautifully. You're so much fun to watch, yeah. and I think we we saw a little of that in that game. I mean, that play that 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 run that Lu, the, not Lugano, but the uh, Diego Godín made. <laughs> I mean, they should have scored on that play. I mean, he made like what a thirty-yard run with the ball. That's a central defender that was shaking, guys. I mean, that was really impressive. Yeah, guys...
3: Want me to tell you, tell us something about that? Is that you know. They, they, Real is a is a great team. They they play great, but and this is why I think Osorio is like a, a a genius when it comes to playing the psychological game. You know, he kept telling. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that one of the players at the end of the match started. Uh, you know, getting physical with uh, with Osorio. That's because Osorio was telling uh, the defender to cover him to make him go towards the other because his left leg was his weakest. And he was telling us, "Look, go make him go to his left side because his left leg is weakest. Make him do it." So um, he's gearing the players towards uh, to force the opposing player to play to their weaknesses, and that's that's a great psychological uh, tactic, right there. It's amazing, and that's that's another reason why he was able to. It was easy, even though it's very easy already to get into Uruma's head, but the way he exploited that. You know, maybe it's his South American flair, you know.
1: Man, I, I wish I wish I could live in your in your in your simplistic world, Fernando. I really do.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. That was. Were you there at the press conference when Osorio made his first statement, Fernando?
3: No, fortunately, I didn't have a uh, pass
2: for that. Well, yeah, that was the first thing he said, man. He was like, <laughs> "Let me make a statement first. and he he. He was telling the, the players to go to... It was Jimenez. He got all mad. He was telling him to go to his... Uh, I think he used Pierrot Inabi, which, is, which sounds sort of bad. It sounds like, oh, this is his leg that doesn't... His gammy leg. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy got offended. He said, why, why are you saying I got a weak leg or something like that? And he went to Osorio after the game and um, like, told him off and stuff. And Osorio's first statement was like, it was unprofessional, unacceptable. And you know, just make a little rant on humanism. The way he got all upset after the game, but it was just all soft, man. And and it, that's sort of like everyone. Uh, I read an article by Tom. Everyone is uh, saying that that's the way Osorio is. He's really detailed to tell his players to to exploit certain little small um, aspects of the team, the other team that he studies. And uh, Tom was talking about how Osorio puts out the cones. For the training, like him himself, he doesn't have a trainer or anybody. He puts out the cones, he measures them exactly, he plans everything down to the uh, smallest details. Sort of interesting.
3: It's awesome. Like I, I really, ooh, i think, thinking of, oh, following the area, but the
0: rest didn't follow.
3: No, I, that's one of the things I like about the coach. And he's extremely detailed. Even when you hear him talk, uh, he is very detailed in his in. The specifics that he gets, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't try to give away the farm. At the same time,
1: did you he get says, his digits for Did you get his digits for
3: <laughs> I would love to call him up at night. You know, say, "Hey, how you doing, Osorio?
0: Yeah,
2: Facetime him, dude. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this match is just uh, second half just started, by the way, and looks like it. Blazing, man. Look at that. Let hey, be, hey uh, Fernando,
1: be careful with that because live broadcasts and stuff like that, they will
0: kick you out oh, yeah. faster. Than, yeah, so I got to go, careful. guys. All right. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, the folks that run this thing are
1: extremely, extremely cognizant. Oh, yeah. of Of stuff like that and, and rightly so, I mean people paid you know hundreds of millions of dollars to broadcast this thing, so they should get the exclusive windows, and i'm i'm, I'm totally cool with that i there's nothing wrong with that, yeah, so it's how things go now, Mexico plays Jamaica next uh, I didn't get to see the Jamaica venezuela match because i was I was busy working that day, but uh, you know Jamaica's jamaica, I mean, I don't think that they're gonna do anything different, you know they have a guy that won the premier League. They've had guys that have played in England forever, so that's not anything particularly notable. But uh you know, to me the the big thing is uh I think Mexico's gonna have a letdown, so
0: I think if they just win the game, seriously, if they just win like one nothing, it'll be plenty. I don't think they have to do anything crazy.
2: Yeah, our confidence hopefully doesn't come in. Um I don't think it will, but uh Guardado's gonna be out and I was I was thinking of what Rafa's gonna be, how he's gonna be positioned or if he's gonna even be in the game because of their speed. But they, they made the Gold Cup final, so but they but 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 they got spanked by Mexico in, in that, so I don't know. It's sort Yeah, of...
1: they I mean they didn't get what they did, I just you know, the Gold Cup was just so weird, but uh I mean they have it's not that they don't have talent, I mean they they have a good team, it's just that you know they're they're you know, it's not as if they're not beatable is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But you just can't make any mistakes against them either. You just, have to, you just have to be careful. And I'm sure that that's what Osodio. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Osodio
0: makes like, you know, three or four key changes and, and, and gives the guy and, and gives some players some rest just to, you know, uh, not not wear him out,
2: so to speak. Oh, man. Yeah, this will be interesting. Goals have been picking up in this tournament. At the beginning, it was sort of slow. Equivalent. Well, I did
1: that. <laughs> I did that one Peru uh, IT game where that was the only goal that they scored in three games that entire day.
2: Oh, yeah. I was watching all those games, too. I was like, man, what's up?
1: Yeah, it was uh, Brazil
2: game. Well, the Brazil got, or the, who played Brazil, got robbed. Should have beat Brazil 1 0. But Ecuador just tied Peru, so there. Really? This is well, good. So
1: it's 2 2. Yeah. I wish I could watch it. I'm, I'm kind of, like, the only way I can watch it is on my phone. That's not true. I guess I can watch
0: it here my
2: computer when this stuff's done. But then, you know, port this app. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, 49th minute, so it's going to be a good game probably the rest of this thing. Yeah, so so Mexico hopefully should get a not not overconfident go in and get this Jamaica win and then be good for uh, first place. The the Uruguay team, I think they're just like my view on them. My perspective is they're like a wannabe Argentina. They want to. They think they they're like the great team, such as Argentina. But then, well, you
1: know they've won two World Cups, right?
2: Yeah, and that's what they always say. Like, did you listen to that? Uh, I think they posted on Twitter Uh, the uh, a YouTube video of the Uruguayan announcers. I don't know if it's a legit. T V announce uh commentary, but they were like cussing and saying all these things about Mexico and stuff. Wow. Uh, you know, they they didn't say goal to the Mexico calls, they were like, oh, this is I forget what the word they used that to call uh, the whole Mexican team. Pretty much insulting them the whole time. But it was pretty funny. They were they were just upset. One of the guys was just totally mad at after the game. But uh yeah, they just like they can't stand like these lesser teams beating them they've won the world cup they have this prestige but then when something like this happens where a lowly mexico beats them it's like how could this happen and i guess their their fed was like complaining i think they were the ones that were saying that uh, um whenever the talk was about the um copa oro and america being disappeared and putting in like one tournament for the whole continent they're like, no way, that should never happen. I totally agree.
1: I yeah, totally agree. South
2: American is South American, and then North America is something else. Separate them, or keep them separate. <laughs> yeah, I agree also.
1: Yeah, there's no reason why there should be. I know that the Golden Globe people are just, I'm sure their eyes have just been bulging out with how much money they're making with this thing. But uh, yeah, there's there's. this is a fun thing to do, and maybe you should do it like every 10 years or so. But but to, to, but to do this, it just there's, it's just it, it crowds the calendar. There's it just there's no. I don't know. I just feel like there's enough stuff.
2: Yeah, it's the money. But I don't know if it's just me. Uh, the stadiums haven't been like this. This game right here, there's tons of seats available, real low. Let's
1: yeah, well, take... the only the only uh, games of the game that sold out is the Mexico game. All the other ones have been. Yeah. Maybe the the one that I did, the Chile or Argentina, just because people were there to see. You know, maybe see, you know, well, obviously, they were going to see the teams, but, you know, to see Messi and stuff. So, maybe maybe that one's sold out. I can't remember if there was space in the corners. It looks like uh, Daniel has joined us.
2: Hey, guys. Hey, man. What's up?
4: Trying to sneak out of the house for a bit and join you guys for for a bit. Kind of a ghost crew today, huh?
2: Yeah. I was on by myself for a little bit. (laughs) What did you do? Yeah, we've been talking the Mexico game and then Copa America as a as in the as a whole. I was just saying that uh the stadium, like in this game that's going on right now, hasn't been too packed. There's a ton of seats. I think the Mexico's like dominating as far as fans and stuff. I saw I saw a tweet, it it said something like there are more Mexico fans. Um that are watching this tournament than there are American fa- in the United States than there are American fans that even know about the tournament or even know what it is. <laughs> Which I, I I believe, actually.
4: That's not very surprising.
2: Yeah.
1: I think it would be the other way around. I think that there'd be more fans here that have no idea what Copa America is than, that are, than Mexicans are watching it. I
4: think the number would be pretty staggering, actually.
2: Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, that'd be an even more obvious one.
4: I'd say Columbia, though, they, they, they represent pretty hard. I,
1: I wouldn't know if they could fill a stadium anywhere, but it seems like they, they – they Actually, you well. know, you're you're absolutely right, Dan. I think that the Columbia matches, if they didn't sell out, they, they were probably the ones that have come the closest to. Because I did see yesterday at the Rose Bowl, there was like 80,000 Colombians in the Rose Bowl. It was pretty impressive. <laughs>
4: Their first match as well was pretty, pretty packed, too. So, I mean, obviously the US And that
1: was against the U.S.
4: Yeah, and still, I think they were outnumbered, I think.
1: How embarrassing is that for the U.S.? I mean, in their own country, in the year 2016, 22 years after a World Cup, their first game in a major tournament against a team that's not even on their own continent, and they were outnumbered in the stands.
2: I don't think it's been highlighted though. That that fact hasn't been. I mean, I don't know if they ignore it or push it under the rug or what.
4: They probably do ignore it for the most part because, I mean, it's embarrassing to who? Probably the the, the fans and and the ones who are trying to lift the, the 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 brand. And they're just. It's better not to talk about it, I guess. You know, because, and if it, I mean, if if you mention it to to regular folks, I mean, they're not going to care. Um, but I, I guess mostly just embarrassing to the the, the fans, that, the U.S. fans, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just uh, it's it's just, it's just I mean I I I kind of feel bad for them.
1: I know that they beat Costa Rica yesterday four zero, but I don't think that there's any guarantee that
4: they're going to beat uh, Paraguay at all. Did you guys talk about that game?
1: You know, I didn't see the U.S. Costa Rica game, so I have uh, I, I, I was I was flying, so I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to see it at all. But I just I saw the score, and, and frankly, it didn't surprise me because I know that without the Gaylor uh, Navas, uh, Costa Rica is a different team.
4: And why is he missing the tournament?
1: He's, He's got
4: uh,
1: yeah. um, he got a mystery Achilles ailment that came up when Real Madrid realized they probably couldn't get another goalie. <laughs> gotcha. No, I shouldn't I shouldn't say
0: that.
2: <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't think they're. Uh, well, they maybe one of the goals. Navas or or a couple Navas could have done better, but I don't think it would have been much. I think they and and I saw the game. the The U.S. didn't to me didn't impress, and and I think that's just the way they play. Though they play sort of fumbling around. I think Dempsey had an assist where it sort of. I'll, I'll give him credit for. For like holding
4: on and and not losing their minds when they got the 2-0 lead and they just kind of stayed firm and kind of like went, I mean that's like the perfect thing for them is to to go up early, because uh, then they get to do what they're they're actually pretty good at right now is just kind of staying for the most part well organized. I thought they were pretty fortunate yesterday. Um, the the penalty I I was kind of on the fence. I kind of think it was probably probably legit. I know a lot of people think it was a bit of a soft penalty. But then um, they were, both goals, though, essentially were gifts, really, from just either, I, I mean, you could just blame uh, poor decision-making and, and just really bad bad defense. But they were gifted those first two goals, and then they, I think kind of just broke uh, Costa Rica's spirit after that, and they kind of just went to cruise control and managed to, to win easily. I don't think Costa Rica's nearly as bad as they showed. I mean, they're they're... They're in a really difficult group in qualifying. I actually thought they'd win, considering that they, after they fired one show, they seemed to have righted the ship, and I was expecting pretty decent showing. And they were looking good. They were looking, um, they were pressuring a lot, uh, but left their guard down and got just
2: got called for a really silly penalty. Yeah, the U.S. defense is really organized. They when I would think Costa Rica would go on a counter, it wasn't really a counter because the U.S. had all their players back, and they bunkered a little bit of it. I think the Univision was saying the super bunker they had set up, and <laughs> they actually said bunker, which was weird, but they... Uh...
4: I was watching the FS1 coverage, and um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, they, they, and while w- I was watching ESPN FC as well, just to see what 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 the overall take was on the U.S. performance, and they seem to be really high on on the performance. I,
2: oh yeah, Lala's was praising it like no other man.
4: I mean, you, I, they do deserve credit. I mean, it was a great win, but it should be prefaced with the fact that Costa Rica did gave them a lot of help. They they took a, they, they they played a huge part in, in in making them look as good as they did. Um, I, I'll be shocked if Paraguay. Um, Bends like that. I'll, I'll be shocked because uh, what they showed, what they showed against Colombia, tells me that they still have a lot of fight in them, and they could give the U.S. a lot of problems.
2: I was noticing how Samudio and was like making. I think he was the he was the defender that failed on one of the goals. I was like, Oh, Americanista.
1: <laughs> Man, there are. I, I mean, I haven't seen the numbers, and so I'm gonna. Make an assumption, which I probably shouldn't do, but I'm going to have to say that Liga MX is probably, and by far, the most represented league in this tournament.
0: Yeah, that's 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 a good possibility. It's because
1: just... I I know that it was last year when they had Copa America in, in South America, so uh, I I would have, I would have to assume that it would be the same for this one too.
4: I, but I could be wrong. probably has a few too, right? I mean, especially from... Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking they probably have a few representing. <clears throat> but overall, at least the games are finally starting to pick up. I, I was kind of disappointed the first few games until the, the Mexico match. Um, how's the game going now? Is Ecuador still losing 2-1? or? I think they're... They, uh,
1: didn't you say they tied it, Chickies?
2: Yeah, it's 2-2. 59th minute.
4: Great. That's awesome. Uh, I was kind of, when they were down 2-0, I was like, man, that sucks because Ecuador definitely um, deserved uh, more uh, against Brazil. And Brazil seems to be now cruising. They um, pretty much got it it locked in already, right? Four points? Yeah, four. And a gigantic goal differential.
2: Yeah, poor Haiti. At least they scored a goal, though.
4: Yeah, they seemed um, happy that they scored. A historic goal in a competition against Brazil. I mean, I'm not sure who watched the game. It was actually kind of funny. They were they mentioned that one of the, a couple of the players were in that infamous game in Carson um, in the Olympic for the Olympic qualifiers for the Beijing games. And uh, they were they were kind of just recalling that that crazy wacky game where they where Mexico ended up winning five to one, coming up one goal short. And how that game um, ended the career of various players from that team. Oh, is that Ugo? Oh, they mentioned Ugo, too. They mentioned Ugo by name. Like, yeah, that kind of uh, ruined his, uh, ended his his coaching uh, with the national team. And then just like, I just remember players like Esqueda and. Um,
2: Fernandez. Matthew
4: Fernandez, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so apparently those guys are still around. Some of those guys are still around, and one of is playing, I guess, in um in a third division or second division in Uruguay. So that's kind of interesting, and and it's just it's funny how that that game, even though it's just a qual- uh, World Cup qualifier, just resonates with a lot of people, because of course um uh, what prefaced that was the Guatemala match where they were where the fans are celebrating the, each goal that was being scored against them knowing that it was screwing Mexico.
0: Oh, yeah, when uh, Guatemala took the
4: 5-0. Yeah, happily.
0: Yeah, that's against against Canada. That's so, a... yeah,
4: they, they were dredging up old, uh, old wounds, uh, old memories, uh, but th- that was just because I was there at that game uh, at, at Carson, and
0: that's I think uh,
4: Castillo was there. That kind of ruined his uh, his his tenure with the national team too, right? El homie, I think El homie was part of that was part of that team as well.
0: Oh really? Yeah, absolutely right. And the the
1: the, uh, the uh, Gauchito and the and toros what Silva and Avila, who I thought were going to be terrific players, just they just dis- disappeared after that. The yeah. only one that survived unscathed was Memo, and then the Villaluz, but then he got his concussion, and that was into him.
2: Esqueda played a little with Tigres, but.
1: I'm still I'm still banking on Esqueda being the uh, the Oribe Peralta of the cycle. I think he's gonna he's gonna come out of nowhere and start scoring goals.
4: You never know how old I mean he can't be that old. He's still probably in his He's
1: gotta be in his late twenties or early
0: or early thirties. Yeah.
4: But he's uh, done
2: though man. I don't blame Guatemala for for doing that to Mexico.
4: And so after we've seen a few games, who do, who are you guys uh, looking at as favorites uh, to as as far as early favorites that are looking the best? Obviously Colombia kind of made a think, statement, but
2: I uh, think Colombia is not as good as what they they were in that game. They were, both teams were just losing the ball in the midfield, so Colombia didn't look too good. Um, I think Argentina's looked the best so far.
1: Yeah, I think I, it'll but, be uh, Argentina and Colombia on one side of the bracket, and Mexico, Brazil on the other for the
4: semifinals.
1: Sorry, Dan.
0: I mean, didn't mean to jump on your.
4: The one team that uh, that clearly scares me the most is obviously Argentina, because I mean, no matter what happens, they. Yeah,
1: I, they got they got I, a massive I, ace in the hole right now.
4: <laughs> well, you know, you you know that you're gonna you're gonna probably have to put up at least two to to have a chance. Because it just seems like no matter how good defensively they play against Argentina, I know they they find a way to to stick the dagger, to come up with something special, and, and to kill the dreams. So I, yeah, seeing seeing um, Agüero still there, even without Messi, that team still scares the bejesus out of me. Um, I I like our chances against Brazil, um, Colombia. Historically, how we haven't done too good, too well against them, right?
1: Ah, uh, we win one and we lose one, and the last time we lost one, so it's time for us to win one.
4: And Uruguay, obviously, I mean, I think that, if anything, should be a big, huge uh, shot of confidence for the team because I thought that was a a pretty big win and a, and a pretty solid response. I, I know you guys probably talked about it already. But I was really impressed. I, I personally never felt it. Never felt like the like the Holland game, where it's like, oh crap, you know, and like uh, they they got the they they tied the game and now we're gonna like shit our pants. I didn't think that. I I, I never felt like that. It, it, they seemed like they it woke them up right away, even with the send off. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with the results with the performance overall. Uh, it's it's a shame that Ronnie's uh, missing. I wonder what his take is on the, on the on the actual game. I haven't heard from him to see what he because I know he's one of the biggest critics as well as Joel. But uh, I I gotta say he's really impressing. He, that was a really tough team and he he managed to win convincingly actually.
2: Yeah, I was saying earlier Ronnie's um, measuring stick is Osorio uh, winning the whole thing. I think that's what he said before. So
1: because because that is such a reasonable expectation to put on a coach.
2: He might have changed it to to semis or something. I don't know.
1: I think. Well, yeah, I, I, I think semifinals should be should be a good. I mean, honestly, I think that it's something that Mexico has done before. Making the semifinals of this tournament, I think, is should be standard operating procedure for Mexico, regardless of where they
0: play it and who they send. I mean, I know that that last Copa America was uh, the Mexico Senate quote-unquote B team, but to me, you you can send a bunch of –
1: like you have no idea how much I was looking forward to watching that team that went down to uh, Argentina. Was it Argentina? The ones that got all booted away for their shenanigans in, in, in Ecuador. You know how much fun that team would have been to watch? With with Marco Fabian and Jonathan and all those guys, I mean, they were going to be. I was really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. And those
1: are the kind of teams. If if they're going to send, if they, if they can't send their proper team, which frankly I think is is incredibly hard to ask a player like, uh, you know, just you know, any European guy or even even a local guy to play fourteen games, you know, to play a, a half a season's worth of games in 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 a month, it's just way too much to ask. So. Either one or the other, you know. I, I get that, but you know, you know, se- send like a, a U-22. You know, just send the team that they that, that that's competitive, but but will, will will help you in the long run. I mean, to send, I forget who it was it they sent down to Chile. I mean, it look like Voso and and Gerardo Flores. I mean, I mean, guys that were just you know they just they just are just not going to get you anything out of these next four years. Just doesn't make any sense to me. And I guess it should also be a FIFA rule if, if you're an invitee into a,
0: another. Continents tournament, then it, sh- it should it should be mandated that it's a U twenty three team. Period. End of story. That way they don't have to worry about it.
2: Yeah, I'm interested in seeing how the uh, since these um, South American teams have already complained, how uh, when it gets down to these quarterfinals, how they how they expect the how the refs are going to react to Mexico. Are Mexico going to start losing, you know, losing calls and stuff?
1: Are you kidding me? Do uh, the ref, ref reacts to what a, a suit says to him before well, think, the game, or do you think they react to the crazy people that are yelling at him in the stands?
2: I think it's a mindset, like a mindset even before the game starts, even before the tournament starts. It, it's a mindset, or it's in the back of each ref's mind that this is a South American tournament. Mexico is invited. The United States are invited. CONCACAF is invited. They should not, I mean, if it's sort of... a not tainted tournament, but if a CONCACAF team wins, that's not the desired result for this whole it's a South American tournament. South American team should win.
1: I'm going to disagree with you there, boss. I think that this tournament, now, I think that what what they're getting the best of both worlds. I mean, Mexico is the reason why the Copa America's popularity has taken off for the past 20 years, whether people, South Americans, want to admit it or not. Because not only did it open doors for, and, and gave them more eyeballs in Mexico, it gave them more eyeballs in the States. I mean when I was up until – th- was it 19 – yeah, like through 99, I guess the fir- very first one that they
0: actually put on the air was the 2001 Copa America. All the ones before that were pay-per-view. And it was a bitch to find a place that had them. You know, we didn't have
1: arenas in Austin like like Ronnie had. <laughs> Although <laughs> yeah, but, we did have the Uptown Sports Bar, that was a fun place. But uh,
2: yeah, but so, that's, go ahead. Well, that's like the, the higher ups think of it. The Commeable guys think of it. Yeah, we're making tons of money. We're getting we're getting uh, all the attention and everything. But the players still have their their South American pride. And and if I was a player, I'd be thinking, this is our tournament we better win this thing. And we're, South America, Colmebol teams are well, better CONCACAF.
4: I think you touched on it. Well, I, I kind of briefly um, tuned in um, and I heard you talking about Uruguay. I I kind of agree with you, man. Like, that reaction was so petty um, by some of those announcers. I mean, I don't think it was just like a random group of uh, Dos Acero podcasters uh, calling a game. It was, I think, an actual broadcast and to call the team of shit, to call the call the team shit, and just kind of like scoffing at the whole concept of 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 losing to Mexico. I mean, I don't know how widespread that kind of feeling goes, but I mean, if it, if a broadcaster's doing it, I'm thinking a lot of the fans probably feel the same way. Like this, just that like you know they resent our presence. In these in their tournaments, because they know that it's just for money, and they kind of just—I don't know if it's you guys, but I do think that there's a bit of a superiority su- superiority uh, complex uh,
0: exactly. with,
4: with South Americans and and Concacaf, including Mexico. But anything Concacaf is considered trash um, as far as footballing. I'm only speaking on footballing terms, but it does seem like there's like that. Like, heaven forbid, like, how could you possibly lose to this crap team? Like, it, it, it was – literally, that was the – it was it didn't even sound like they were calling a live game.
2: Yeah, they they didn't provide – I mean, they're they're insulting Mexico, but they didn't provide any, you know, their play in the whole game that it they sound, were doing. They didn't provide like any was, substance to it. Why? It Why was sounded Mexico like he was um, calling, like, a highlight show because he didn't even call the goal. Like, he didn't say
4: goal. He kind of just whole humbly just said the said the score and it kind of just, and then went off on his uh, insults. It was just. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was pretty great actually. I mean I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I was pretty amused by it because.
1: How how was Jorge you, anytime... Ramos on on anybody here? Jorge Ramos on Monday.
4: No.
0: Oh, that guy's here again, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, and the thing is, I, he's not going to speak Ill, Ill. I mean, he he knows who who pays his who pays his paycheck, you know. Yeah, he covers me. Well,
1: so, so that's kind of what I was talking about earlier about how I think that you know, the, there there's going to be if there's going to be favoritism, then I think it's going to help out the home team. And when I say the home team in this tournament, it's not
0: the U.S. It's 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 going to be. I mean, it's it's Mexico. I mean, Mexico's playing. They're they're not there, leaving. Let's see, they've got – they just played in Arizona. They're playing in Pasadena.
1: They're playing in Houston. And the quarterfinal is going to be in uh, in Santa Clara. And then the semis, if I'm not mistaken, is in Chicago. So but you're talking you're talking the- massive Mexican populations in every single one of those.
4: But Mexico's going to get stuck with either a South American referee or a really crappy CONCACAF referee who you can't really count on either. But I don't trust – those referees at all, I mean, I think it's a sense of pride for the entire for every single person that comes from over there they, they desperately if their country can't win it, I know they're 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 banking on some somebody else take, lifting the, the, the cup and I'm pretty sure they probably only see Mexico as a potential threat because you've already heard the complaining about uh, the the
0: easy, schedule,
4: the easy traveling schedule the the they mentioned West Coast stadiums, you know, being like being um, Mexico friendly, but that's 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 not really necessarily true. I mean, it is true that that there's well, a ton of the reality Mexico, is that
1: every stadium in this country is Mexico friendly.
4: That's that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> no matter where you, yeah. you pick the team, they're gonna fill it up. So I mean, they took it easy on them from a travel standpoint. Yeah, they don't have to travel, they don't have to long flights, but but the support is gonna be no matter. No matter where you stick 'em, they're gonna they're gonna show up.
1: Well, case in point, Paraguay
0: played their first game in uh Orlando, played their second game in Pasadena, and now have to fly back across the country
1: to Philadelphia to play the US. Oh jeez. That's really crappy. That is.
4: And I think Uruguay got something similar.
1: Yeah, because they were in uh, in Phoenix, and now they're here with me in Philadelphia.
0: And then they'll be—I uh... th- I forget where they're. Oh, the third one is—I uh...
4: think they're it's in California.
1: Oh God, are they going back to California?
4: <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> Against uh, Jamaica.
4: Yeah, so they're they're hopping around a little bit, but. Uh...
1: Well, then, I mean, just this goes to show you. I mean, this. I mean, I can't really say, and I won't, because uh,
0: because I'm working for these folks. But it's uh, it's been an interesting tournament. I'll just I'll just leave it at that.
4: Well, I guess I'm already questioning the integrity of it because it just seemed like Brazil got already a nice a nice handout already. So I, I wouldn't put it past him. I mean,
1: are you talking about the goal that wasn't against Ecuador? Yeah. Oh come on, dude. I mean, I look. I, I know that it may it may, it may have been a, a goal, but you can't blame the ref. I mean, the I mean, it was like, you know, a centimeter away.
4: I'm not. I'm not. I I, I get that, but.
1: I mean, that th- that could have happened to anybody. It wasn't. It wasn't yeah. a gift. It it, it just happened. It so it just... always cracks me up about people that complain about the refs, like. You know, you you're trying to make that call in real time but it doesn't and then get, it tell me how many times you get it right.
4: I'm just wondering, maybe, just maybe, if these 50 50, 50 decisions are going to be favoring the popular teams like that need to be there, like Brazil. And I'm hoping that Mexico gets some of that love because, I mean, obviously. Well, I mean, I, that, but that's the thing. I mean, that
1: point, maybe the goalie heard the breath blow the whistle knowing it's going to be a goal kick and he lost his concentration from it and you know, the ball slipped through. I mean, it's. I have a hard time thinking that the refereeing is gonna is gonna affect one way or the other when when they're gonna make mistakes against both teams. It just it's just it's just human nature. Now now if 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 the ball never went out or was clearly on the line and, and ball, yeah I think that, that that would be a serious issue. But I mean I play like that I mean it was just it was so close. I mean and, and for people to so, oh it was out. You know, they're looking at it, you know, the super unbelievably slowed down version of what happened, and you see the ball, you know, just, just barely stay inside by, like, you know, the, the smallest of RCHs, so, so it's clearly in. Really? <laughs> it's clearly in? You have to sit there and, you know, freeze it and blow it up and go, you see, it's clearly in, like like the Zagruder
4: film. I guess I mean, my my main concern is not so much the call, but like whenever you get these these decisions that are gonna go either way, they're probably gonna go a certain way.
2: Well, a good example is guard, the guardado yellow, the second yellow. That was clearly influenced by the the Uruguayan team. If if the Brazil our goal against the non goal, is not evidence the guardado yellow card. But,
1: but you know, guardado tweeted out later. He's like, I learned from my mistake. He did he say something to the ref?
0: I don't, because cause he started walking away like he knew he was getting red carded. I, I didn't see that.
2: I don't think he said anything. Um, I
0: mean, I don't, I don't know. It was that, for that's the tackle, though, right? It was
1: for
4: the tackle itself. It wasn't for anything he had said. or. or...
2: Yeah, well, that's what we
1: were talking about, because the tackle was pretty just, you know, your standard, you know, cookie-cutter foul. I mean, it wasn't anything egregious or, or violent. It was just
4: a foul. But didn't, he, know, like, didn't he kill
1: the play, though?
0: There was players behind. He he was coming back. There was players. It wasn't behind.
1: it wasn't a breakaway or
4: anything. Yeah. Because that's what I was figuring that that's how it was kind of judged, where like he kind of killed an opportunity that that like potential opportunity. That's what I figured.
1: Uh,
2: Even so, yeah, though, but
1: I mean, but, but, but uh, that's true. I guess if you do that
4: at midfield, and they're going to a yelled at. All. The fell itself was. Wasn't violent, so you don't think it, it was. And then you don't. He didn't. I didn't. It didn't seem like he said anything immediately. So I mean, if he got called for the foul, I don't think that would have pissed him off so much.
1: Yeah, but but he, but even he if even if he, he was stopping it. an opportunity, I mean, he didn't like just like pull the guy down. I mean, he, you know, he went with a shoulder. It just, it, it just seemed too innocuous to me. And that, you know, I may, and maybe you guys are right. I don't know. Maybe I give the refs too well, much like, credit. But I mean, what I do think I do think though that that if if anyone's going to get any home cooking, it's going to be the home team. I mean, I honestly believe that because
4: the refs are going to—they're going to want to get out of their live. Well, the U.S. apparently got um, some pretty um, some some decent amount of home cooking. Supposedly, I, I didn't catch all of it, uh, but because I, I heard uh, at least far as some of the fouls that the that the U.S. was uh, that they were talking about, I heard I, there was elbows being thrown that weren't called. Um, but.
2: Oh yeah, Bobby Bobby Wood threw like a elbow slash arm hit to one of the guys because he was the guy was bugging him or something. But to me, for the guardado foul, it was more the ref. I don't think the ref was going to call anything or give him a card at all until Uruguayan players just surrounded him and started yelling.
1: Yeah, and but they, you know, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen Mexican players do the same. They did it in the World Cup against Belgium when they swarmed the ref and reminded the guy that the Belgian was the last player. And the ref looked at him and goes, well, you know what, you guys are right. And even when I walked up to him and gave the guy a red card. I mean, maybe as, as you were saying, Dan, maybe they said, hey, you gave our guy a yellow card for stopping an action like that. You need to, you need to be consistent and give this guy a yellow card too.
4: That's probably what happened. He probably got a little bit, he was probably like on the fence about whether or not he's do it. And then they, they, with a little bit of a nudge from, you know, these guys are human and they could definitely be, be influenced if, if they're not super, um, confident in what they're doing. It's a tough game. I mean, that game was intense. They, yeah. They, 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 both teams really wanted it. It was the way, um, Uruguay played with 10 men it was, was really incredible. I mean, depressing from from a Mexican fan standpoint, because you were just, like, shocked that how badly they, w- they weren't able to.
0: to String stop, anything together?
4: Yeah, just to, like, all right, guys, like, shake it loose. Like, I, like, they could not keep possession at all. I mean, they weren't even trying to at some points. I saw that, like, it was like, all right, you know, there's thin spaces for short passing to try to pass your way out. But they opted for, with the long ball just to heave it downfield and just set set to, set back up uh, defensively. And you just knew that the goal was coming. And and just my my only question was how how the team was going to respond after that goal came because it was coming.
1: In fact, even on the air because I was watching the uh, the Univision broadcast, I think Vasco said Mexico needs to really be careful on this play because if they don't, they're going to get scored on. I mean, he, he said that right before the right before the goal happened. And uh, and sure enough, boom, it happened. And then and then they asked us, and what made you say that? He said, well, because one of their big players had just gotten a red card. He said they looked like they were out of sorts. It's, he says to me, it looked like they would lost their concentration. And, and he said, and and, and they're going to have to do. Something. And sure enough, when you watch the replay, whoever was guarding, uh, okay, so one Uruguayan player kind of blocked Fergaldine. And and, and the, the the Mexican defender didn't switch off, so he ended up blocking two guys. <laughs> and it just gave Godin a
0: completely free-headed. So whoever was marking Godin got blocked by the, you know, player A. And whoever was guarding player A did not switch over to to,
1: to Martin Godin, and that's why the, the goal happened. was Goldine, pretty good play.
4: Was Godin, like, kind of shoving it to the fans? Like, kind of like... A little bit. It, it seemed like it, right? Like he, yep. he gets out of that goal just like mental. For anybody who's calling, um, questioning whether or not the, the, they care or not, he, the way he celebrated that goal.
2: Oh yeah, he's telling like, him to quiet, quiet down.
4: <laughs> yeah, because like I, I don't know about you guys, but it pissed me off. I was seeing, I was like, oh god, I hope they pelt him with something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't too happy with him. Yeah, <laughs> and, and sure enough, they did.
4: So your, your wish was like, granted. It. Like you're you're asking for it, man. When you celebrate it like that, you know you could be happy about the goal, but it just seemed like yeah. Didn't.
1: But you know that they that they do that 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 they knew exactly what kind of reaction they were going to get. They were doing it on you know you know what I mean. He knows exactly. He knows he he knows what was coming.
4: It oh, and then just
1: happened in Mexico.
4: <laughs> my wife was kind of laughing at me because like just I, I just got all bitter at that moment, and I I may have said some bad things about the coach because like he 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 stumbled a little bit. He was trying to jump up to celebrate the goal and. His, uh,
2: his hands uh, failed him he, you know, to Oh, that's messed up, dude. Isn't that guy with, the one with the cane? <laughs> yeah, he's got oh. cane. Or he's got two canes.
1: Oh, yeah, Oscar uh, Washington Tavares. Tavares, yeah. You know, he it's funny that together. he's so old, you know, because I have all the, the movies of the guys crossing their shoulders because I'm putting them in the graphic. And uh, he's so old that he just stands there. He can't even bring his arms across because he just has to use his hands to hold the cane. So if he brought them across, he would, like, you know, fall over. I'm so mean I shouldn't say that.
4: Oh man, I was talking shit. I was
0: just like I was like, "Good. I'm like, fuck on your stupid face." Like just goes, quiero un
1: un No, he's a great coach, man. I, I have nothing but respect for for Oscar Washington Tavares to to do it as I mean, let's face it. I mean, we were talking earlier about why they were like just the most cynical, awful, just brutish, violent team that like like it's like they didn't they could have cared less whether they won or lost. They just wanted to make sure that you knew that 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 they played you, you know, because of how pain, how sore you'd be the next day. But he changed that. I mean, he made them – he made them, It's almost like he made them love the sport again. I and mean, then they they just play with such a
0: different air than they did, you know, fifteen twenty years ago when they were just jerks. I mean, they're still jerks, but you know now they're jerks that can that can beat you. Well, they've been fortunate to
4: have. I mean, they've had. One amazing striker after another from Furlan, Suarez. Oh, wow. I mean, geez, they, they've been. They, they've had some great, great. Um, and what's a um, Cavani? He's awesome too. I mean,
1: and then so Francesco Lee, they've they've had a bunch of really good players. And uh, Alvaro Recova, he was very good. Now I got to tell you, the the goal that really surprised me, and when I went back and looked at it, it surprised me. And which is why I keep saying that I think that this guy is, is is like the the true just just mega superstar waiting to happen. Was I thought that Raúl Jiménez had had shot and the ball just kind of deflected and went to Rafa. He passed it to Rafa. Have you watched the replay?
0: Yeah, he flicked it. He flicked it. That's that like, is. I, I mean, holy sh, ho- holy, holy crap! That's <laughs> impressive as hell. I mean, seriously, to have that
1: presence of mind to do that.
2: That was a quick a quick bounce too. He had to do that really quick to get it over to him.
4: Well, you know, I think that's one of the positive things that, um, from you know, we I know we've talked about in previous episodes of like the difference. You know, he's just not a killer. That's one of the positives. You know, a killer would have would have gone for goal. Right. Um, and in that instance, I think he. You know, I I do think it's in his nature to 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 look. Look for the uh for the open guy first
1: and then and then the second flick he made for Herrera was even better I mean that's what just blows my
4: mind, yeah, served it on a platter
1: i mean I mean, and that was with him, i mean, he was completely off balance and he was falling backwards, and he still managed to get it to Herrera just just perfectly perfectly,
0: oh,
2: that's the one I was talking about, so he was oh. the one who passed it to Rafa,
1: yeah, that oh. was a pass, dude. I thought I thought it was a shot that deflected, but I watched it again. It's like he he passed that ball.
2: Yeah, the second one, his second assist to Edre is the one I was talking about because he was yeah like you said off balance and then he flicked it like to his right. That was perfect.
1: Yeah, oh. it was incredible. But the first one, if you watch it, I mean, and I had to watch it like pretty slowly. But no, it was a pass. I mean, it's really hard to tell because like you see the Uruguayan's foot go right there, but I mean the ball never changes its its spin or trajectory. I mean, it it is it is. A consistent, you know, movement with 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 a no, like a frictionless surface kind of thing. I mean, it was it was a pass. It's crazy.
2: That's where they were complaining that it was a Rafa handball, like ah, the one. whatever. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to talk about briefly. I, 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 and they also I, said that the ref grabbed his junk and like, uh, <laughs> he, he and, like the sideline the sideline guy.
1: Oh, and and, and like showed Muslera like like it's like you need to just yeah you know, well.
2: 'Cause they went and complained to him and they said that he was like, you know, insulting his... them. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody knew, like the Univision broadcasters didn't know what 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 was the call there or why are they complaining? The Uruguayan broadcast, that clip that we saw?
1: Well it just they were doing goes a... to show you that, that Ardivo is uh is not just a Mexican thing.
4: <laughs> well I found it curious that they couldn't even figure out what they were complaining about. I I mean it took yeah. me days to figure out that there was that they were calling for a handball.
1: I got a question for you guys and then I'm probably going to
0: wrap it up here after that. But okay, so you know how Mexicans feel about losing to the States? You think that's how South Americans feel about losing to Mexico? Yep. Exactly. Yep.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's sort of different though. It's it's like because I think Mexicans see it well, maybe in the past more so, but uh, see soccer as their sport in the United States not so much. They have other sports, whereas South America understands that soccer is a Mexican sport, but it's not their prime I mean they're not fully skilled at it, if you want to call it that as they are in South America, so it's a little bit different, but yeah, I agree, I agree with that statement. I think the shame that
4: that 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 the fan bases feel is the same the shame and the anger that comes along with losing to them because I do think that it's beneath them to lose to Mexico, let alone anybody else. Um,
1: Man, it, it is beneath me to, to be on this podcast with you,
4: Don't <laughs> let those compliments go to your head, uh, uh, John.
1: Nah, dude. Believe me, that's. The, I mean, I'm I'm the first to admit that I'm I mean, I'm nowhere near any kind of
4: any kind of talented carry-
1: to. We all
4: know you're carrying us, man. You don't gotta let. You don't gotta remind us all the time.
1: No, oh, I'm not reminding anybody of anything. I'm a very modest, man. <laughs> I'm a very modest, man. I'm very, I'm very humble. I'm, I'm humbled by comments like that. <laughs> it's only because I have my fancy schmancy audio board, which I I can't travel but with. With the stuff I'm traveling with right now, man, it would be like a Ford suitcase.
0: I just I can't do it. Um, these guys are just making me carry all this crap for them. Although I did get a nice backpack, I'm not gonna lie. So who? So you don't?
2: Do you, Do you do the graphics? Because I saw one graphic. Um,
0: yeah, but I'm doing I'm doing the world
1: feed. So what what the show I'm working on? You guys will never see. Uh,
2: because I I think I saw a Fox graphic of uh, of uh, it was a what Urugu- It was some player from Chile or something, but he was on the Paraguay, <laughs> on the Paraguay uh. Oh, I forget what what it was. No, it was a Costa Rican player name on a Chilean guy.
4: No, uh, it was. It, I I know who I know what you're talking about. It was it was Clint Dempsey on one side and Joel Campbell on the other, and they had Juan Cuadrado as the name.
0: Yeah. Juan oh
1: my God, that's terrible. Now, but you have to guess. that. When I hear stuff like that, man, it makes me cringe because I mean, I I do that for. I mean, a lot, not as much anymore, but. I mean that is like I mean you just it is so devastating when you make a mistake like that and it airs and you just you just want to just uh, just throw
4: up. But how many eyes looked at all that before it before it got printed before it got released? And they're like, yep, looks right.
0: Well, you'd I mean, but but have, but, like, but there's a guy whose job it is to look at
4: that. You know? That's my point. Like, but you figure like people that are looking at it, you'd figure some of them would, would be at least somewhat knowledgeable. Of the players. I mean, I'm not a Costa Rica fan. I'm,
0: well, was pretty well known. Yeah, yeah I, well,
4: I mean, but stuff like that, well. I
1: mean, you have to... See, that, that, that's why when you see, we, we use shells for stuff like that that you just build on top of. But but you always put a name in there on, on, on the basic that you know you have to change. Like Mickey Mantle, you know, or, you know, Mickey, you know, just something that's so crazy that you could need to use. Like, oh, my God, i got to change that. But when these, you know, these... I mean, you know, I'm working with these guys, and like, I have no idea who these guys are. You know, none of them. I mean, I'm, I'm like the only, me and the producer are the only guys that even follow soccer.
4: And I think this is one of the one of the, the downsides of having the the cup held here, uh, because I don't think you'd see this kind of mistake anywhere else, um, anywhere else, because I think everybody, the general public, anybody that's working on that would know the names of the players. Uh, I. I, I well, I will. Out. I will say this, and this
1: is oh, something that's actually been really uh, kind of eye-opening. Is like we can't call uh, Arevalo Rios Ejidio for whatever reason. They want us to use Raúl, and they want to call us like, like Raúl A. Rios. I and mean, like, who the hell is that? You know, it's it's, it's Arevalo. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just. They have this weird thing about names, and uh, not not that that would have caused what happened to the other thing. I mean, the other thing was just a flat mistake. But it's it's been really weird They're like, well, we know a player by this name, but, you know, officially he signs his name, with this, so that's the name we have to go with. So You're thinking, really? But, you know, it's it's their decision, and that's it's just interesting to me that that's how they do it.
4: I just think it's a shame. I mean, they, they, they mess up on the anthem. They're messing up with these ads. Like, come on, get your shit together. You know, this is an important event. At least it should. At least it it is to to some. They're celebrating, uh, whether regardless whether the competition is is uh, legitimate or not. Because I know some people question it because uh, the CONCACAF teams are in it. And, and I
1: guarantee you, if Mexico wins, it'll it'll be considered an asterisk. Yeah. For a lot of people. Oh well, that was that. No, that was that was, that was like Mexico winning the Confederations Cup at home on an off confederations Cup Although
0: well, that doesn't really
4: they're change. already laying the lay, laying the groundwork for that, which I think if anything should give us confidence in in, in knowing that that the team is looking scary because they're it, already um coming up with with these excuses and and these reasonings for why Mexico is doing what they're doing but you know you you look at you look at the starting elevens from the different teams and you're thinking why not why can't they compete against them
1: oh I think they have a you know aside of aside from you know, the one or two obvious players, uh, you know, Mexico stacks up, I think, not just with any team here. I think they stack up almost with any team in the world. And I mean that in, 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 in you know, I think the, our our starting best 11 can go up against anybody's best 11, period.
4: I mean, as far as star power, obviously Argentina, hands down, takes it. Um, Chile is probably Alexis, Alexis Sanchez and Vidal probably better than...
1: Yeah, but Chile's not playing the way that they played in the last. They're 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 missing something.
4: Well, I'm trying. I'm I'm reaching here. Like I'm trying to like think. It's like all right. Like so maybe like as far as like one or like your top player may be better than Mexico's top player, but I think the, now
0: where
1: Argentina now, is much is a much deeper team, and that's the difference between you know. that's something that that Osorio said. He said he says I know our starting eleven can go up against any starting eleven. We said where we need to improve is, you know, 14 to 20. Those are the players we need to get better
0: at. And he's right. You know, and that's the difference between, you know, case in point, we played Holland, and we played him with
1: 10 of our best guys, and then Carlos Alcido, and and, and I love Carlos, and I think he, played, he had a decent game <laughs> in that game. But if, if that was Gallito Vasquez, who knows how different that game would have turned out.
4: Now, I'm wondering if you guys have touched on this or not, but Rafa Marquez, I'm probably one of the very few who hasn't had an issue with him being being called up because I think if you surround that guy with talent um, and you give him that
0: protection that he needs, he's going to do some, some pretty awesome things for you. Well, he's, he's playing him in the perfect position
1: where he doesn't have to be the last guy, but he can be like the like the point guard. He could be the guy that starts the offense. I mean it really it really is.
2: But isn't Diego Reyes sort of doing that a little bit more? I, yeah I would but, I, but I think would...
1: I mean Rafa did that in the I guess he and Diego kinda of trade off, but he was the
0: straight up
2: stopper, Diego's, wasn't he? Diego's contencion and then uh, Rafa was behind him. Wow. So but I mean yeah, like to Dan's comment, that sort of sounds like okay, everyone is sort of helping the handicapped kid, you know, <laughs> which is um,
1: but, but, you cannot you cannot deny that Rafa didn't have a fantastic game.
4: That's the thing. Like, yeah, you you give him that protection. Like, all right, go ahead and 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 help the old geezer cross the street, but the old geezer is gonna um, somehow magically appear and do something awesome. He. He put he put in that that the for the first goal he put in the the, the long pass to find uh, Guardado. So he he played a part of that goal. Um, like his passing is still second to none. I mean the guy just could put it anywhere like accurately, you know. And he's still a, a, a threat in the air for, on on set pieces. He still has a lot of goals in them like from from that from that. And then every once in a while, you know, he 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 could. He could do something special like he like he like he did um putting that that amazing goal. I he's my favorite player. He, he's he was he was a you know he was the one that that was a he was tearing it up when I first started watching. So he obviously I'm a, a bit of a fanboy, but I just think the team that is so sweet historically just plays better with him. And and, and the one thing that that I'm sure mm-hmm. that Betha probably has concerns with this. Will he lose his head at some point? And I'm probably he's probably thinking that he will.
1: Well, if he loses his head, let him do it, in, in, in like against Jamaica, so that they so that he can get it out of the system, and not, and not affect anything too much after that.
2: Uh, I wasn't even thinking about him losing his head. Um, Hoel
1: is the one like, that has the. He's the one that is that takes it.
4: Rafa's uh, the walking red card. Walking red card. Of, yeah.
2: I'm I'm concerned about him getting beat off of, off of, in the back with the speed. That's what I'm scared about.
4: Well, but that's the thing, though,
1: is that so he's not playing that position, so you don't have to worry about that.
4: I think you know he's going to catch himself. Uh, what's going to happen every single time is that whenever he sees himself on a one-on-one with anybody, he's just going to tackle him and just kill it there. Uh, he he knows that he can't beat it. he can't defend anybody one-on-one at this point. Uh, He's just going to go for the foul. I think you're. It's like a measured risk. You're like, all right, you know he's going to get burned one or two times. Let's just hope it doesn't cost us a goal, and hopefully, the other parts of his game are there. I got confidence. I got confidence in him. I'm gonna
2: watch him next. I'm gonna watch him better next game. I didn't really pay attention too much to him in this last game, but uh, I didn't see any. He
1: was making some crazy good tackles. It was. uh... It was it was he had a he had a, a very impressive game.
0: Yeah. Well cool.
2: You guys uh ready to end it.
4: Yeah, let's just uh congratulate Pern on uh, the great work that he's doing. I'm not sure if it's been mentioned yet, but uh too bad he couldn't. Oh, yeah. But uh
1: he's a- he checked in during halftime and then when the game started he had to click off because they would have they'd have thrown him out of town. With a "Don't Come Back" sticker, if they would have caught him doing that shit or doing that stuff while cool. the game was going on.
0: Cool, yeah. cool, cool.
2: He's been sending videos and stuff, and
1: no, he's done a really good job. Yeah, we should all be thankful for Fernando's work, and he's able to uh, go to the Rose Bowl tomorrow, which is frankly just a great, a great place to watch a game.
4: Yeah, I was there for I was there for that. Uh, was it four two? Oh yeah. Yeah, I was there with Wiso and a few other big soccer uh, folks. Oh, see, I, he I, 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 didn't even have
1: to say La Volpe, and he showed he must have been listening.
0: Hey, there he is. <laughs> Fernando, you, are you there? He's on mute. Oh yeah, I could barely hear you guys. Sorry.
1: Is your is your game over, Fernando? What was the final score?
3: Uh, it was two-two. Uh, it was a uh, very close cool match, man. It, it could have gone either way. And, like, the Peruvians were getting very nervous at the end. They were making a bunch of mistakes in their own zone, but their goalie kept saving them. It's very awesome,
1: man. Isn't it, isn't it fun to go to a game where you have no vested interest? You're just there to kind of – and it helps you observe and report and just make it makes it a little easier to – well, obviously, you're a lot more impartial, so you kind of see the game differently.
3: Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little biased towards uh, Ecuadorians. I have so many Ecuadorian friends, so <laughs> I'm gonna—I'm not gonna lie. But that this game was really good. It was back and forth. But the only bad thing is that Peru kept uh, kept bunkering. They were bunkering with nine players, and they were playing for the counter attack. Which there was several times where they almost just the last touch was the last part that they needed to score on that counter. But that was a bad proposition. So.
0: Well, you, you
1: should out. ask the coach about that when you go downstairs.
3: I didn't get a press conference. I'm here in the mix zone.
4: Oh, okay.
3: I got denied. All right.
4: Are you going to try nope. to find uh, some uh, Liga MX guys?
3: Yeah, hopefully I get to uh, question uh, uh, Walter Ayobi. You know, he's the the main man of this match today, I think. He was basically putting the Rayados uh, work ethic out there. He kept running out the flags. And he was putting up the good work. so.
4: You should have that. Um, Put
3: up a great performance tonight.
4: Do you have your Rayales jersey? You could kind of maybe sneak it, a sneak it, uh, glimpse at him. Nah. Maybe he'll give you a, an interview.
3: <laughs> I'll get it kicked out, I think, if I ask for
0: autographs. <laughs> <laughs> so, no.
3: I, you know, I don't You know, I'm not the te- autograph type of guy. Anyways. You're not? Yeah, I'm hoping I do get a, a question out of him. And Last time he, he he we I actually yesterday uh, after the practice I actually got to talk to him and I, I I was trying to do the the fan to the player deal that I did yesterday with uh, with Angelina but m- my dumbass forgot to uh, to turn on the uh, put press record but he was talking to to my to the Ecuadorian fan so but I missed out on that.
4: <laughs> Good try though, man. It happens.
3: Yeah, I know. We'll see. What do you guys think? Uh, you guys have any questions for them? or you guys didn't watch the match, right? Uh,
4: no, I didn't. I barely. I I caught part of it. I saw that when they were. when Ecuador was up 2 0, and then I saw that they were 2 1, and that's basically where I tuned out.
3: Yeah, the match actually was. In the third, first 13 minutes, Peru scored two goals. And it seemed like it, they were about to get destroyed, but Ecuador came back, though. And tied the, tied up the game at the second half, so it was a it was a great game. And you know, I was seeing that there was a funny statistic that Peru has never has always won every match after they were leading the goal in, since the beginning of Copa Centenario. So today was kind of like a a record breaking today, since uh, they actually tied; they didn't win.
2: So I maybe ask them. Uh, well, I don't know. Did they let this slip through their fingers?
4: <laughs> I know, right? They did. It did. Well, so, what's the situation for Ecuador now, though? Um, that's two. Well, ty- what is it?
2: Ecuador has two points. Peru and Brazil have four.
4: So they still yeah. got a shot. Um, Brazil's. You know, oh yeah. They- this well, what I
0: think Ecuador gets to play against uh, Haiti,
2: Haiti, right? Yeah, they're gonna yeah, they'll win that, so they'll get five. They
3: get five, and Peru right now has three, so
2: no four. No, wait. So they Brazil to and Peru are gonna play, and if right. one of them win, then uh, Ecuador should go through, right? So if Ecuador beats well, Ecuador's gonna beat Haiti. They'll have five. Brazil will beat Peru.
4: Thought,
0: uh, it would be Haiti. So there's a potential the for match,
4: for, for uh, teams to for three teams to finish at five.
2: No, because Brazil's going to yeah. win. Brazil's going to Brazil's going to be on top. They're going to beat Peru probably. Ecuador's going to for sure have five points, beating Haiti, and Peru's going to lose to Brazil. They're going to stay with four. So it's going to be Brazil, Ecuador, and then Peru. Unless Peru ties or or beats Brazil. Then it gets complicated. That's why if, if they tie that should be it gets real interesting. Yeah, then they would have five, Brazil would have five, and Ecuador would have five. So maybe yeah. goal differential. Brazil's gonna go through, they got plus six.
4: Yeah. Yeah, they're in. Which kinda that's which is why it kinda like leads me to think maybe just maybe Peru um could have a shot if, if Brazil goes into it with some Second stringers. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. just not in so, the game as much. So after a goal differential, what's the, what's
3: the, um, how do you
4: say? Probably head the, to head. Yeah. I would figure.
3: So do okay.
4: I'm not sure though. I haven't Because looked.
3: let's say they beat ID 1 and in, uh, in uh, what's it called, Brazil and, and Peru tie. What's the next tiebreaker?
4: Yeah, I'm not sure about that.
2: Goal differential. But they would be...
3: They would be at the same goal so.
2: They would be tied, yeah. Plus Oh, plus one for both. Then it would have to be...
0: Who knows?
3: Coin, it's not a coin toss, hopefully. Wow, it looks like... Man, I should have stayed at the stands. You looks like something's going on over there in the stands. It's just a bunch of people screaming, Peru, Peru. Oh a fight <laughs> probably man miss now. I'm missing out i being here at the mix zone damn it
2: <laughs> alright man well unless you guys have anything else I'm gonna end the broadcast
4: yeah I'm good dude
2: yeah maybe next time we'll talk a little bit more about the draft stuff there's some
3: oh yeah couple, I wanted to bring that up I saw on the Twitter that uh, El, Avion, El Avion is going to Chivas Iguera man he's he's kicking ass man he's building up a dream team
2: Who's going to Chivas?
3: Uh, what's it called? Uh, El Avión? I forgot his, uh Calderón.
2: Calderón.
3: Yeah, Nestor Calderón.
2: Oh, really? Uh, there's another guy who's going to Chivas. I forget who it was.
3: They it can was... only get rid of that trash Salcedo.
2: Marco is going to Chivas.
0: Damn. The... Yeah. They're... they're...
3: They're gonna do some damage this season. Absolutely. So, yeah, other than that, I think that that's all I got so far. Tomorrow, I'll be I'll be on my way to LA. All
2: right, man. Safe travels. Uh, I guess I'll end the broadcast. Check us out on SoccerConical.com. Everybody, later.